0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Friday, May the 19th, 2023. It is currently 10.04 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, full disclosure— Full transparency. I have to be leaving this studio very soon. I have to run downstairs, get ready, hop in the car, and drive to the uh, airport here in Abilene, Texas to pick someone up. So I have to do that relatively soon or they're just going to be sitting there waiting and I don't want them to pick up their phone going, oh, oh, I'm here at the airport. He's live on the air. So I, I I don't want that to occur. So I'm going to try to at least start getting us going in the right direction. But, but I definitely wanted to address this tonight. I did not want to wait because I love when someone listens, then takes the time to participate. And then on top of that, takes the time to email me the, the completed assignment or to at least engage in what we talked about in some way, shape or form. And I don't know what day it was. In fact, let me just look. I apologize. Let me just look. Um it was what when was it? When was it? I do lots of episodes. I do lots of episodes. On May the 18th, so yesterday, I did an episode that I that I entitled Joel chapter two, verse 25. Joel 2, 25. And I, I decided to turn on the microphone and do kind of a little hermeneutical exercise, a little Bible exercise, a little Bible study. To get you to work on trying to find the correct interpretation of Joel 225. What motivated that was a devotional by Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Now, Charles Haddon Spurgeon took Joel 225. Let me read it. Joel 225. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm. Remember, I had so many problems saying that my great army, which I sent among you. So I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten. Now, of course, Charles Hatton Spurgeon immediately made that a promise to all of us. Well, in some ways, he made it a promise to the lost and the saved, that the years the locusts have eaten, right, that God is going to restore that. And so I asked the question, is Joel 2.25 a promise for lost people today? Is it a promise for saved people today? Is it a promise for us? And I put forth the argument that I think if you look at this, Joel 2.25, I don't think that's a promise for us. I think this is a specific promise for them. I think you could probably say Judah maybe has an implication to all of Israel. So I think I think we looked at that being there. I also asked the question about the locusts. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. Do we interpret those locusts? Do we interpret all of those things as just somehow metaphorical? It's not literal. It's a metaphor that it just represents something else. Or is this a direct promise to Judah, Israel, that God is going to restore all the years, again, direct words, uh, the years that the locust hath eaten. In other words, he's going to restore all the years that they lost to these actual li- things that are listed: locust, caterpillar, canker worm, and palmer worm. I think those are the things that are listed. That those things came in, literally destroyed things. They lost years because of it, and God is going to restore that. Do we say, "Oh no, this is metaphorical"? That the locust and these things represent worldliness and ungodliness and being backslidden and God's going to restore them somehow spiritually. How do we understand it? So I asked, and that's just, you know, barely mentioning, I think there were four or five things I asked everyone to work on. So I received an email. When was the first email? I received the first email today at 6.20 p.m. And the person writing said, I apologize, my assignment is late. No, it's not late. There's really not a due date unless I say, Turn this in by tomorrow. (laughs) Turn this in at 7 p.m. Don't ever worry about being late. I would rather it show up six months late just knowing someone out there is participating. So that's so I'm just I I was just happy to see that someone worked on it. Here is what they uh, gave me. All right. Three things. Number one. The promises were meant for the whole nation of Israel, all right? They, they, they see it not just for Judah, but maybe for the whole nations of Israel. Now, the question is, if it's a promise for Israel, is, did it have a historical fulfillment? That, in other words, sometime, maybe after Judah came out of Babylonian captivity, maybe, maybe somewhere there, it was fulfilled for Judah partially, but it will be fulfilled for Israel Historically, or or do we believe it was a perfectly fulfilled for all of Israel someplace in the past? We would have to kind of figure out the fulfillment. Number three, uh, the discipline and effect of it would come to an end for those who repent and keep obedience and to give encouragement that he repays, that he will have restoration, which is his intent. All right. So this is basically to Israel. Hey, um, this is discipline. Now, it's going to come to an end if you repent and keep obedience. And this is to give encouragement that he will repay and, and restore. All right. So, um, so in other words, somewhat of a more, maybe there's a spiritual element to it, but maybe the, the, the restoring the years, again, the, the exact words of the verse, Joel 2.25 is I will restore to you that he's going to restore this. Maybe there's a physical element of the restoration. Maybe there's a spiritual element of the restoration okay. Uh, For Israel, now we have to just determine, has it been all completely fulfilled or will it be fulfilled? Like we, we would have to do a little bit of work on that. But this is what they said about the locust. The locust was metaphorical. It was used to illustrate that God was going to send great punishment if they didn't repent and be obedient. Now, I want us to work on that together to see if we, if everyone comes to the same conclusion, right? I have my ideas. I think I hinted a little bit at them in the first episode, but I'm not going to try to give you too much of my ideas or my thoughts here. Here's what I want you to do. Simple steps. One. If you can get a concordance, somehow you can use the Blue Letter Bible app, whatever whatever device you want to use. Look up the word locust. Let's just use the word locust. We won't even look up caterpillar, canker worm, uh, pal- palmer worm. You see, let me make sure I look at it. Uh, the uh, uh, the palmer worm, the canker worm, and the caterpillar. We won't even look those up. Just look up the word locust. Just look up the word locust. And I want you to find every reference in the Bible that mentions locust. And I want you to determine how many of those passages are speaking of literal locust and how many are speaking of metaphorical. How many times are locust described in a metaphorical way? Hey, that's not really talking about locust. It's talking about something metaphorical, right? It's not literal locust, right? Just, Just determine. I'd be curious to see. I'd be curious to see how many we find that do that, how how many we don't. All right. So just do that. So you would have a piece of paper on the top, locus, Two. divide the page in half. One side, literal locus, the other side, metaphorical locus. Give the passage and just a basic summary of... You can just like, if it's so clear, you can just put literal. If it's not literal, you can you can offer at least just, you don't have to go into great detail. Just a brief explanation why you don't think it's literal. All right. Then, if you have a Bible dictionary, if you have a uh, study Bible, um, if you have a Bible handbook, read the introduction to the book of Joel and see if they mention locust and anything happening in a historical context, whether it was literal locust or or it was metaphor. All right. OK, that's pretty simple study by anything that gives you an introduction to the book of Joel, anything. If you can't find one, I could probably find one online and send it to you. If you do not have a Bible dictionary or a Bible handbook, please email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Say, I need a Bible dictionary. I need a Bible handbook. Here's my first and last name, and here's my address. We will buy you one, and we will send it to you, okay? We will have it delivered to you by Amazon, all right? We won't ask you for money or anything else. I, I, the only uh, If for some reason we don't have the money to do that, we would tell you. But I think right now we're okay with money to be able to accomplish those. Things, all right. At least I think so. I think so. I hope so. All right. Okay. Now, so I want you to look that up. But he, and so I want you to look up the word "lo" uh, l- the word "locus" and so look at every reference in the Bible, determine all the passages, literal, metaphorical. If it's metaphorical, uh, offer an explanation. If it's a literal, you can just say you know literal. Obviously, you're putting it in that column, so I will know it was li- it's literal. I want you to look up all of the like. Bible handbooks, Bible dictionaries, just the entry on Joel where they're giving you an overview. They're giving you an introduction. And do they mention locusts? Do they mention anything happening with locusts? And if they do, are they talking about something that literally happened? All right. And then I want you to go back to Joel chapter 1. All right. Joel chapter 1. Here we go. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, or Joel, uh, Joel, Joel, the son of Pethuel, Hear this, ye old men, and give ear all you inhabitants of the land. Hath this been in your days or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children uh, another generation. Verse four, here we go. Joel, Joel, Joel (laughs) chapter one, verse four. I'm I'm looking at Pethuel and I'm thinking, Joel, all of a sudden I just start, start wanting adding all of these things. All right, here we go. Joel one, four, here we go. That which the palmer worm, Hath left, hath the locust eaten, and that which the locust hath left hath the cankerworm eaten, and that which the canker worm hath left hath the caterpillar eaten. Awake, ye drunkards, and weep, and howl, all you drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it is cut off from your mouth. For a nation is come upon you, upon my land, strong and without number, whose teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he hath the cheek. Teeth of a great lion. Now, I want you to, and Joel 1.4, is that speaking of literal locust, literal kinker worm, literal caterpillar, or is it metaphorical? And if it is, metaphorical of what? Now, here's the reason why. If we can determine the locust in 1, four is metaphorical, right? And we can figure out what it represents. Then in Joel 2.25, we can say that God is going to restore what the locust hath eaten. And we know who then the locusts are, who the canker worm and who the palmer worm are, because they represent something in chapter one and chapter two is the promise. Hey, you remember those things? They were representing maybe a nation. Who, if it's representing a nation that's going to come upon them, who is that nation? And then God is going to restore what that nation took and that nation is whom, and then when did that restoration, when did God, as it says in Joel 2.25, when did he restore all the years that the locust hath taken? So are they literal locusts in one or are they metaphorical? And, and, I, and I'm, gr- I'm glad this person brought this up because, because I kind of gave, I kind of threw out some ideas in the first episode. But now that this person raised this question, I'm kind of even second guessing maybe the way I was originally thinking, right? So that, see, so that's why I want listeners participating because I don't want you to ever think that I, I always love to re, look, I will reexamine any interpretation I've ever given scripture. Uh, and that's why I love listening to people and, 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 and interacting with people. So go to, so I want you to look up all the places in the Bible that mention locusts. How many are literal? How many are metaphorical? Oh, for some explanation, if it's metaphorical, I want you to read a book background, a book overview for the Book of Joel Bible Dictionary Bible Handbook. See if they mention, hey, there was an actual just a, a locust came in and devoured everything in this year. So that's what's being referenced or they don't even mention it. Right Then I want you to look at Joel 1 carefully. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to see in Joel 1, the mentioning of all the exact same things that are mentioned in 2. Are, is that literal or metaphorical? And if it's metaphorical, what does it represent? And here's what you can do. Look up four, four commentaries and see what they do. You can look up your study Bible notes or if you have four commentaries. You can look online for commentaries on Joel 1, 4. You can look them up. You can look up uh, biblehub.com. If you can't find commentaries, let me know. I'll send you a link. Newsif at yahoo.com. I mean, look, all the tools that we need are available online for free. It's It's an amazing time to be a Bible student. You have access to every tool you could ever want. Used to, you were limited by what you could purchase or which library you could get to. Now you can just find them all online. I want you to do some work on that and see what you find. There's more I could say, but I have to leave soon to go to an airport, right? Sounds good. Sounds good. I, I'm waiting to see if anyone pops up in the chat on the Spreaker app to say, can you repeat any of that? Look up all the, all the references for locusts. List the ones, literal or metaphorical, right? So sp- split the page in half, right? That's Simple. Book background, just kind of a, a Bible dictionary entry, whatever, just an overview, just an overview of of the book of Joel, see if they mention actual locusts. And I want you to go to Joel 1, verse uh, 4, and I want you to look up three commentaries, four commentaries to see what it has to say about it. It's literal, metaphorical. So look up locust, all right, every place in the Bible, figure break them into categories, literal metaphorical Two, read a a book overview, book survey, book summary of the book of Joel in a Bible dictionary, Bible handbook. See if they mention anything about literal locus. If so, does that impact how you interpret chapter one, verse four? And then does that impact how you interpret uh, Joel chapter two, verse 25? And then number three, I want you to look at Joel one, four and look up three commentaries and see if they interpret that as literal or metaphorical. If they interpret it as metaphorical, then chapter 2 has to be referring to whatever that metaphor was pointing to. All right. I hope that made sense. If you need any help, just, just, I'm rubbing my hands together. I don't know why. It's like, (laughs) ha, 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 ha. Okay. No, it's not like a villain in a movie. Um, Email me, newsif at yahoo.com news i f at yahoo.com. the reason I'm pausing is there's I'm, now I've got all of these thoughts and I'm thinking, I got some ideas, maybe how i I don't know I guess but i I want to go there, but I can't go there i'll just i just i've placed it in your capable hands, which is what I love to do I, I want you involved, right? I want you involved right and that great about podcasts like this live broadcast. We don't have to wait till Sunday. We don't have to wait till Sunday school. We can be doing this anytime, morning, afternoon, evening, late at night. We can just turn on uh, our microphone and start talking about a passage of scripture and get people around the world to pull out notebooks and reference tools and actually engage in study. We can literally do that like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You've got to love the technology that allows us to do that, right? You don't have to wait till Sunday school we can just go, we can, and then you can email me and we can engage. So like literally we can work together. So to the person who emailed me, thank you so very much. I really do appreciate it. I really do. Um, it's been a horrible week. Um, that's very encouraging when you open an email and it's not someone complaining. It's not someone arguing. It's someone's like, Oh, here's it. And someone else has been emailing me, uh, their thoughts on things that I've done. I don't know. Um, yeah, there's, a, I'm still behind on a lot of emails, but this one was just, hey, this was great. This was easy. So thank you very much. This one just was the, the it helped me very much. So thank you very much. All right. News, IF at yahoo.com. News, IF at yahoo.com. I have to get to the airport. If I'm late, I'm blaming all of you, every single one of you. I'm blaming. Okay. Yes, I've got to go. And now I'm getting text. See, I told you I have to go. All right. We will talk soon. Thank you for listening. Newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a wonderful night. God bless.